Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we bring you stories from real military spouses who have been in your shoes. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. This episode is brought to you by Armed Forces Insurance. Armed Forces Insurance offers personal insurance options specifically designed for military families. To learn more, visit them online at afi.org or give them a call at 1-800-313-1936. Now, here's Ashley Peebles. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. I'm so thankful that you joined us today. My name is Ashley Peebles. And today is going to be a little bit different of a podcast. I don't have a guest. I'm just going to tell you guys my story, if that's all right. This is actually one um, podcast that I've been putting off because I feel like when you're going to tell a story, you need this really great ending, right? Like I love telling stories, but this particular story doesn't really have an ending, right? I'm still here and we're still kicking and trying to, to figure things out. But we had a large super large event happened in our life about a year ago. And I believe that there are a lot of you that are going through the exact same things today because of everything that's happening around our nation and our world, um, especially with COVID-19 and people losing their jobs. So I had a guest that needed to postpone. So I thought, well, here it is. Like, I can't really put it off any longer. So fingers crossed, I stay dry eyed, uh, but I can tell you guys really what happened to us a year ago. And hopefully it can help some of you that are going through the same things today. So again, like you guys know me as the podcast host here, but I've actually been in the health and wellness field for eight years. We built a direct sales business with a health and wellness company for eight years, and we did really well. We started off like a rocket. We absolutely loved it, um, and it was my thing. Um, I actually have a degree in sports management. I'm a personal trainer, a massage therapist, so I had been in the field for a while, and truthfully, what I was always looking for was a way to train people from the inside out because I could never keep them from eating Twinkies at midnight. <laughs> so I wanted to find that. Well, when we found this health and wellness company, everything just sort of fit. It wasn't something that I was like, oh man, I'm going to start that business and it is going to pay us a whole lot of money and I'm going to do this forever. It was really more by accident. And I think that's how a lot of people find really great things is by accident or really what I believe is that the good Lord kind of leads you there and then you get out of your own way and you let it happen. So I don't know that I believe in accidents as much as the good Lord just taking care of all of us. But I started that business and I really found my thing. You know, I really found my groove. It was something that I ended up being good at. And because of the culture of the direct sales industry, and truthfully, if you've never been in the direct sales industry, maybe you don't know, but it is a giant culture of community and of leadership and of growth. So those eight years that I spent building that business, they taught me more than I think I could have learned in five times the time working another job. It, it absolutely changed who I was as a person for the better, changed who I was as a spouse, my a husband and our relationships better than ever. Um, it made me a better mom. It made me a better friend. It made me a better leader. Um, so that is what I loved about my job and about the industry. 
I love telling stories like this. I love teaching. I love training. Um, I love puzzles. So I love when there is a problem and I can figure out a solution for it. So all of those things really lend um, to to me, be, you know, being good in that that career. Me really liking it a lot. So I really felt like I had found my forever career. I felt like it was the thing that I was going to do for the rest of my life. Well, in May of last year, on a three-minute Zoom call, everything went away. So I'm not going to dive into the specifics. I don't want to, like, I will never say anything bad about the company that we were with or anything like that. But I will say that we built a business with our blood, sweat, and tears for eight years. Uh, We reached the upper echelons of the company. Uh, We were making six figures and doing great things with our team, within our community, uh, within our family. Um, And we really loved what we were doing. And that was all I could ever see myself doing. But because of some things that were completely out of my control, all of our businesses, myself and all of my friends, all of our businesses just disappeared on a three-minute Zoom call. So that means in a matter of three minutes, our six-figure income went out the window as well. Now, I'm really, really blessed because my husband, um, he always maintained his job. So we definitely did not lose the roof over our head or the food on our table. But I will tell you that there were a lot of families that when that happened, they lost 100% of their income. And uh, we lost just over half. Um, I will tell you that losing just over half of your income not something I recommend. It was not our best day ever, that's for sure. But here's the thing. I am really good in a crisis. I am, my strengths, I know that we have had, we had Betsy Clark on not long ago and we went over how to find your strengths. And that is something that I want to encourage everyone to do. Because when you find your strengths, statistically, you are six times more likely to use your strengths every single day, not just six times more likely to use them, but six times more likely to use them every single day. And that is what I found. So we got into this industry that was all about growth, all about leadership, all about mindset, all about pushing yourself, doing the right thing, helping others around you. I found my strengths and I started working within my strengths all day, every day. And when you work within your strengths, it's just easier. Like life moves easier. When I'm not working within my strengths, it's like sandpaper, like nails on a chalkboard. So I really, really loved what I was doing. I know that my strength, one of my strengths is being good in a crisis. So when everything went down, I was actually okay right in the moment. In a crisis, I can see very clearly what needs to be done, what needs to happen, who needs my help, where we need to go. All of those things are very clear. It becomes crystal clear to me. And I know that's not everyone's strength. So I suggest that everyone has someone in their life that's good in a crisis because you want to know who to call when the poop hits the fan, right? So right in the middle of everything, when it was all going down, I didn't struggle very much. I knew what needed to be done and I worked really hard to make it happen. So we were working hours, like crazy hours, all day, all night. I remember last summer, we live in Williamsburg, Virginia. We went to Water Country, or I went to Water Country USA one time and I was on the phone the whole time working because it was right after the poop hit the fan with all of this. So everything was fine for me for about six months, but six months later, everything kind of slowed down, died off a little bit, and I had a chance to breathe and collect my thoughts, maybe for the first time 
since May. And it all came crumbling down on me. (laughs) I'm telling you, right when all of this happened, when I was doing good in the crisis, I had a lot of friends that really struggled right off the bat. And that is, I, here's the thing in the beginning, I thought, guys, we don't have time to struggle right now. Like we've got people that are depending on us. We cannot falter. Let's get to work. Right. Like that was how I felt right in the very beginning. And there were some people that needed to take that time to grieve, but I didn't. So I moved out and tried to help the people that needed that time to grieve. I tried to almost take them on my back, if you will, and move out to help them. Well, six months later, all the people that had taken time to grieve back in May were doing fine. Like they were aces and the roof came crumbling down on me to where I could not see two feet in front of my face. That clarity that I had was gone. And all I could do was cry. Like I just sobbed. I couldn't believe that it was all gone. And it took six months for it really to hit me to know that it was gone. Like I just remember looking and thinking, oh my goodness, it's really gone. All of those late nights that we stayed up working. Anytime I didn't tuck my kids in bed, any game that I missed, anytime I was like, oh, I'll be right back. I've got a call or I can't do that. I've got a call. Or when I walked out of the movie theater, like all of these things came rushing back and I was like, my goodness, it's for nothing. Like it, it, it was all gone. So let me pause right there because I believe I'm not the only one that in situations like this think it was for nothing. So let me tell you, that hindsight is all 2020 and I am past my, my grieving point so that I can tell you that nothing that you go through is for nothing. You know, I have my best friends that in the whole world because of this opportunity and because of that business that I had, I've had friends my whole life that I love dearly, but I love my friends that I've had for the last eight years just as much. And I will tell you that that business in those eight years and the the growth and the community and the leadership, it changed who I was as a person for the better. I told you we are better off because of that. So it definitely wasn't for nothing, but man, (laughs) it felt like it in the moment, right? So it wasn't for nothing, but everything was gone. And I was looking at needing to start over. So in that moment, you do have to lean on the people that maybe took the time to grieve earlier and you've got to let them sort of lead the way for a while. So let me pause right there and let you know that when a trauma happens, and I would not admit that this was a trauma in the very beginning. So let me tell you that I am not real dramatic when it comes to things like therapy and trauma and even um, like stress and saying, uh, you know, I'm stressed out. Like we don't really use words like that around here because I truly believe that we can weather anything with the good Lord's help. Right. So we don't talk about depression very much around here. We don't talk about grief and we don't talk about stress and we don't talk about, you know, big things like that because I'm like, if we can get through anything, but I will tell you that this was trauma. It did induce a depression and I had never, ever suffered from anything like that in my life. That's the reason that it was never talked about around my house because I had never felt that. And I know that people talk about it all the time. And I've heard them say, if you've never struggled with it or you've never had this happen to you and you've never dealt with depression, you won't know what I'm talking about. You won't understand. And now I can attest to that. I'm not someone that chronically struggles with it. So I still can't imagine dealing with that on a daily basis. But I will tell you that I got to a point to where 
all I could do was cry. I didn't want to get out of bed and I couldn't see the future. And I've always, so my number one strength is futuristic. So when I can't see the future and I can't see a vision for my future, like I knew something was wrong. So it finally took me just admitting that I had really gotten into a state of depression and I had to admit it to be able to get myself out of it. So I hope that that piece, I hope you hear that piece from both sides. If you're someone who has struggled with depression for a long time, I hope you hear that I I get it now, but I hope you hear that people that don't struggle with it, they don't understand it. You know that, but they don't understand it and they don't understand it from a good place. We don't get it because we've never walked in your shoes, right? So have some patience and have some grace with them. So from the other side, if you've never struggled with it and you have never found yourself in a place where you don't want to get out of bed and you can't see the future, and honestly, all of these blessings are all around you, but you can't see them, then have some grace and have some patience with your friends that are struggling with that same thing, because that is exactly what I found myself doing because I knew that my life was abundantly blessed. I knew that the good Lord had not forsaken me. Like I knew that I was in a comfy bed with a roof over my head, food in my belly, the most amazing husband on the planet, great kids. I knew that I was abundantly blessed, but I couldn't see the blessings because I was so overwhelmed with grief, with the trauma, with depression. So I hope that both sides, since now I have towed the line, if you will, I felt it, but I've also been the one to go 37 years of my life and never really know what it was like. I hope that I can speak to both sides and say, have some grace and have some compassion for both because no one knows what it's like on the other side. But once you get there and you admit that there is something wrong and that there is something going on, you can't just sweep it under the rug and you can't diminish it. You've got to talk to someone about it. And for me, I talked to my friends. I talked to my friends that knew what I was going through. But I know a lot of my friends, they sought professional help, and it helped them so much. So I will say whatever it is, whether you're someone that wants to seek professional help, or whether you're someone that has a tribe full of people that you know, love, and trust, And that have your best interest at heart, not theirs, not an ulterior motive, but they sincerely pray for your family and they want what's best for your family. Then those are people that you absolutely can lean on during these times and you will get through it. I'm on the other side, right? So I wanted to share what I went through because it stuck with me for a really long time in a different way. Like even after I got out of the I don't want to get out of bed stage. What stuck with me in my heart was, what's my purpose? What am I going to do now? And it wasn't, what am I going to do with today? And it wasn't like, what am I going to do tomorrow? It was, what am I going to do with my future? Like I spent all of these years helping so many people see a better vision for themselves and for their future. And I, my job was to help people get from point A to point B to do what they wanted with their life, to help them make extra income so that they could do what they want with their time and what they want with their money. And here I sat with no vehicle to be able to do that. So I felt just a lack of purpose and there's no other way around it. I don't know how to explain it to someone, but I didn't know how I was going to fulfill my purpose and my mission on this earth. And that really plagued me because, you know, a year ago, 
at the, when I was, well, a little bit over a year ago, now, a little bit over a year ago, I mattered. I mattered to my family financially in the here and now. I mattered to my family financially in retirement. I mattered to my family or my kids in their inheritance. I mattered. I mattered to our team full of people that look to me every day to, to clear a path and to help them. I mattered to our community and I, I mattered to a company. You know, I was one of the people that would travel around and speak on behalf of the company in the U.S. and Canada. I spoke on Capitol Hill on behalf of the Direct Sales Association. So I mattered to a company. And it felt like in a matter of a three-minute Zoom call, I didn't matter anymore. And I know how that sounds. And I know that it sounds ridiculous because obviously I still matter in some ways but I didn't matter financially at all to my family. And that is something that I think a lot of men go through because a lot of men, you know, historically are the breadwinners of the family. And I think when they lose a job, they go through this same thing. And I think sometimes for us as women, maybe we feel like we can't go through the same things because we're not historically or traditionally the breadwinner of the family. But I will tell you, there are a lot of women like me out there that need to contribute just for my insides, just for my soul. I need to contribute. I remember talking, my best friend, her name is Ellie and she is incredible. And she is a work from home mom of five kids. And that is what she's always wanted. She has always wanted to be a mom. It's what she dreamed about. It's what she grew up knowing that she was put on this earth to do. So when Ellie is at home with the five kids and all of the chickens and the dog, and the cat and all those things. And she's running from soccer practice to basketball practice to swim practice to dance class. She's living her dream and she loves it. So there's one side. I love my children. They are the lights of my life. And I love my husband. He's my best friend. I love him. I don't know what I would do without him. But a little piece of me feels like it's missing if I don't have something else that I'm contributing to and also contributing to our family. I did, I, I've always wanted to be a mom, but I wasn't the person that dreamed of growing up and being a stay-at-home mom like that. I know that that's some people's dreams because it's my best friend Ellie's, but it was hard for her to understand when we first started talking and I was building a business and running and gunning and loving it. It was hard for her to understand that I loved the chase and I loved the running and the gunning and I love working. So I know both sides of this. So when we, when all of this happened and I was at home here with the kids and I would get up in the morning, I would go downstairs. I would fix everyone's vitamins for them. I'd fix my own drink in the morning. I would vacuum the floor. I would do the dishes. I would make the bed. I would do all the things that I know that I'm supposed to do. And I went into the office and I told Daniel and I said, I'm living someone else's dream. But right now, like I'm living someone's dream. And I feel so guilty that I'm unfulfilled. So guilty that I'm unfulfilled because I'm living someone's dream. It was something that it took me months to wrap my brain around and to wrap my heart around and to release the guilt that it's just not my dream, that I need something else to do. And it's not that I want something else to do to get away from my family. As a matter of fact, like I want to work from home. My husband works from home. I homeschool my kids. So I want to continue to homeschool my kids, but I just need something that's just mine. I need something that I can pour into 
and I can see an outcome that's bettering this world, or at least bettering my little part of this world. So that is the last year for me. I lost all I had when it comes to a financial piece in our family. I lost all that I had as far as everything that I had built for so long in a business. It all just disappeared. I did really good during the middle of the crisis, you know, in the, in the beginning of the crisis. But when everything started to, to slow down, the me that's really good in a crisis found out that I'm not really good when things slow down. And it took slowing down and dissecting every little part of what was happening to figure out different sides of me, to, dif- to figure out different pieces of me, to figure out what it was that was really bothering me. I had to talk to people. I had to stop diminishing the fact that it really was a trauma. I had to stop diminishing the fact that it really, really hurt And it really, really affected our lives in so much bigger ways than financially. It affected me mentally for a really, really long time. And then I had to get over the guilt of we're okay. You know, I had a lot of friends that lost 100% of their income and friends that got behind on their mortgage, friends that legitimately didn't know how they were going to put food on the table for a lot of children. I had to get over the guilt that we were okay and I still wasn't okay. It was really difficult, but I did get to the other side and I just wanted to share my story with you because what got me to the other side was really finding purpose again. You know, I had to find my strengths again. I had to go back to what I'm good at, to what I love and to what I move through easily. And you move through your strengths and working within your strengths easily. So I just want to encourage you to do one of two things, to find something that sets your soul on fire and go after it, or find something that gives you peace. And the reason that I wanted to break it down like that is because I was so bent on finding the perfect next thing because I don't want to change jobs, right? I know the average person changes jobs 10 to 15 times in their lifetime. I don't want to do that. I just want to find my thing again and I want to be great at it and I want to feel successful again. So I put so much pressure on myself to find the perfect thing, to find the job that sets my soul on fire. When in reality, I was putting so much pressure on that. I was never, ever going to find it. I really just needed to find something that gave me some peace. And if finding peace is what you're looking for, then take the pressure off of yourself to find the perfect thing. It doesn't have to be the perfect thing. You can start a job and then it not be right. And then maybe that will lead you to your perfect thing down the road. But if you can find a place of peace right now, that is what I really needed. And that is what I was really searching for. I actually had my husband do a resume for me. So in the the pits of what I was feeling and not doing very good at finding anything great about myself, because I couldn't think of anything. I was like, all I'm good at is what I was just doing. And I can't do that anymore. And I don't have any more skills. And I I don't know what I'm going to do next. My husband was looking at me like I had three eyes and like I was crazy. And he was like, you have so many skills. You have so many things that add value to this world and to people. And people would love to have you be a part of their team. But I couldn't see that. I couldn't see any single strength that I had in that moment. So my husband and his and all of his wonderful brilliance and his wisdom, he actually built a resume for me. And I will tell you that that's one of the things that brought me out of it is he built a resume and he showed me on paper that I had skills, that I had strengths 
and that I had value to offer. So if you have lost your job in the middle of this COVID-19, maybe you're really good right now. So maybe you're like me and you're good in a crisis and everything's okay right now. I want to tell you that there's a possibility that in another three months, another few months, the roof is going to start feeling like it's going to come in and it's going to fall on you. And you're going to think, oh my goodness, am I crazy? I've been fine. It's been six months since I lost my job. What in the world is going on? It's totally normal because you've got to grieve eventually. It's either going to be right away or it's going to be delayed. And sometimes I feel like when it's delayed, you we don't give ourselves permission to grieve because we feel like, oh my goodness, it was six months ago. Why in the world am I sad now? That's what I told myself. So if you've just lost your job in the middle of this COVID-19, maybe you're not doing great now. No that there's light on the other side. Maybe you're doing great now and you haven't hit that spot to where you don't know what comes next and you can't see the future. Maybe your vision is just a little blurry. I want you to hear my story and know that it is going to be okay, but there are some steps that you're going to need to take to pull yourself out. Don't diminish what you've gone through. Don't say it was just a job because it's more than just a job to some of us, right? It's what we put ourselves into and it's a part of us that makes us feel like us don't make sure that you're not isolating yourself. Make sure that you're talking to people and then find something that gives you a place of peace. If you can find that thing that sets your soul on fire and run at it with reckless abandon, do it because it's so fun and it is so worth the risk of it all going away one day. I will tell you that if I had to start all over again and I knew exactly what was going to happen with our business, I would do everything exactly the same. I would absolutely start it. I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely run at it with reckless abandon because it changed who I am forever for the better. But that doesn't mean that just because I would do it again, that doesn't mean that it didn't hurt when everything went away a year ago. So I personally am hoping that you all are doing amazing. And I hope that this podcast meant nothing to any of you. I hope that none of you are struggling with any of this. But if you are, please just know that there are a lot of us that have been there that are there. And you're going to find yourself again, you're going to find the things that make you you. And if you're looking at your friend right next to you, like I was looking at Ellie and thinking, oh my goodness, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just be content without that little piece of me? Know that you probably were not meant to be fully you without that little piece. So let's release the guilt. I will say that if you, there are so many stay at home and work from home moms that have guilt about not adding income, please release that. Because it's what you were meant to do. It's who you are. It's the way you were built. But there are just as many working moms that have the guilt that they don't have. It's almost like we feel like we don't have that mothering gene, even though I I feel like I'm a pretty dang good mom, right? But I don't want my entire life to be that. I want something else to add in there. So hopefully we can hug on our work from home, stay at home moms. We can hug on our working moms that are out of the house or in the house. And we can all just love each other. We can all support each other. And heavens, with everything going on in our country right now, the last thing we need is moms, you know, talking about other moms or belittling other moms for the choices that they make. So let's get that trash out of here because that ship has sailed. 
but I hope that this helps someone. If you need someone to talk to, I'm always here. Absolutely. And if you're going through the same thing I did, um, you definitely need someone to talk to. So like I said, I hope that this meant nothing to anyone because no one's struggling. But I have a feeling that with all of the job layoffs in our country right now, there's got to be a reason that this has been tugging on my heart to talk to you all about. Like I said, there's not an end to this story except for the fact that you can come out of it. And I truly believe that I'm on a path that is meant for me. And I'm on a path that I'm supposed to be on because I have prayed for wisdom and I have prayed for strength and I've prayed for peace and I've prayed for clarity. And I really do have all of that, but that doesn't mean that I have the answers. So y'all have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that you click subscribe and follow us. We talk about all sorts of things on this podcast, but I hope that you, if you are a military family and you're in the middle of a PCS, I hope that it is going so smoothly with no bumps in the road. And if you are one of our civilian counterparts, I'm praying that you are having a super smooth summer so far. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Mill Housing Nation podcast. To connect with Mill Housing Network, visit us online at milhousingnetwork.com.